the Farm Advisory Service podcast. Audio advice on livestock, crops and soils, environment, rural business and more. Brought to you in association with the Scottish Government. Hello and welcome to the Farm Advisory Service podcast. I am James Orr and I'm an agricultural consultant from SEC Consulting based in the Air Office. In today's episode, I will be speaking to Woodland Trust Scotland farmer Janet Pringle and her local vet from Four Valley Vets, Rona Anderson. If you enjoy this podcast, please go and have a look at our Animal Health as Wealth webinar, which is available to view at your leisure on the Farm Advisory Service website. So I'll introduce our two speakers today. Janet is a contract farmer for the Woodland Trust Scotland at Glenfinglass. Glenfinglass is in the region of 5,000 hectares of hill. It's carrying around 100 ling cows plus all accompanying young stock. In addition to this, there's also a small flock of 250 black-faced yews. The aim of Glenfinglass is a regeneration of ancient woodland pasture and the creation of new woodland in which the cows play a historic and important role in the grazing regimes. Janet joined the Woodland Trust in 2013 and one of the first improvements she made was the area of animal health planning uh, by joining SEC's premium cattle health scheme with the cows as well as closing the herd with the exception of the bulls. Alongside these aims, the farmers run on a commercial basis with the cows and sheep expected to play their role as they would anywhere else. Male calves are sold store while heifers are retained or sold as breeding quality into both commercial and pedigree markets. And on to our other speaker, Rona. Rona was born in Kelso and lived there until she went to Glasgow University. Uh, Rona has some pedigree when it comes to veterinary work, as her dad was a large animal vet in Kelso for over 35 years, which is how Rona ended up with an interest in farm animals. Rona graduated in 2014 and spent four years in mixed practice in Srinrar before moving to Stirling in August 2018 to work for Four Valley Vets, where she specialises on large animals, uh, predominantly farming clients. Rona also keeps herself busy in her spare time and has almost finished a postgraduate certificate in cattle medicine at the University of Liverpool and should graduate this May. So hello, Janet and Rona. Thank you for joining me today to share your hands-on experience of the process, challenges, benefits of animal health planning. So how are you doing? Oh, very well. <laughs> I'm good, thank you, James. It's a pleasure to join you. So is there anything uh, you'd like to add about yourselves that I've omitted in the introduction? I actually didn't even know half of that about you, Janet, so I'm quite impressed. <laughs> the farm sounds very um, the farm sounds very professional. See, when you have it all written down, you're like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, your own uh, list of literary achievements is uh, quite something. I just uh, put my wee farm bit in, but no, I don't think there's anything... Uh, Nothing of nothing of serious no no serious emissions. No, I don't think so. No. What do you mean, like criminal record? No. <laughs> just, we'll just we'll gloss over those ones. <laughs> so, Janet, could you tell me how Animal Health Plan has changed your approach to the health and welfare of your livestock? I could. I think we've come a long way when we first started uh, having animal health plans. Um, I always felt they were very much a tick box exercise. When we started using them, there was a payment at some time in, in, in the subclaims, and we used to go to the vet and just get them rubber stamped, and we didn't really use them very much. But since those days, um, we've kind of moved on, and now in the position where I'm here at Glenfinglas and, and running the cattle here, we use the health plan very much as a starting point um, we expect our cows to put up with some pretty harsh conditions, I suppose, uh, with a very low input system. So the only way the cows are going to do that or, or do, as, do as well as we want them to is if they are fit and healthy to start with. Uh, we can't expect cows to be performing if, if they're not well, I guess. Um, I mean, you have proper hill cows as well. Do you know they're not? 
they're not pampered in any way they're very much it's sort of that survival of the fittest and you kind of you have to kind of use your health plan to get or to have like the best cows that you can now you know kind of breed them in a certain way and use your health plan to just sort of a smart breeding I guess so that you do have cows that you can sort of outwinter and um, they will kind of thrive rather than just surviving out there. Yeah I mean I think very much when I, when I first came I came in 2013 and I did nothing the first year but uh, look at the cows that we had look, look what was here and to be honest it was a bit of a baptism of fire I, I came I came in the November we started calving in the March and it was a, I would say it was a very difficult first six months uh, we struggled with scour we struggled with the cows milking um, and I think that kind of that kind of sharply brought my focus into um, right we need to do something we need, we need to whatever's gone on we can't continue um, because I suppose historically, and I don't want to go back too far in that, but the farm always had a lot of staff and a lot of people. Uh, when when it was changed out to the contract farming system, well, there was me, uh, and it became clear quite quickly, you can't be calving that quantity of cattle outside and deal with the amount of problems we were having. Um, and I think historically from my own point of view from the background i came i came from hill farms on the west coast and the vet was always a long way away it was always a last resort to phone the vet uh, and something almost to be avoided uh, for some I, I don't i don't know if i can explain that clearly not almost to be avoided in in, in some instances um, I think you know, vets were seen as if you've got the vet out it's a bad thing whereas now it's totally accepted that actually there is a good yeah I think they base it on like your spending there's like actually a certain amount of money that if you spend on the vet it's beneficial rather than you know a bad thing I can't well, you see in my head but yeah no I told that's where I totally have changed I've come 360 degrees I've come from perhaps a background of don't call the vet don't call the vet to absolutely I will phone phone straight away phone quicker phone early phone before the problems even develop just to even air that it might be a problem uh, and 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 that we've seen results because before um we maybe would have lost calves through inaction d delaying any i don't know d be being too slow to go yeah we need we need more we, uh, we need more intervention sooner. Yeah. Um, so if you called that vet two hours earlier, perhaps like a calf could have been saved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. I mean, until I came here, I had never seen a calf put in a drip. Uh, to be fair, though, I didn't lose many calves at home. I'm, I'm not like don't get me wrong. In that, I think my own cows probably at that time I'd had them for a long time. I wasn't seeing the losses that I initially incurred here. Yeah, I'd never seen scour as bad as we had here. Yeah. Um. So that also maybe in the first year maybe delayed. That might be my own fault. I was maybe too slow. Uh, and going oh, right this is this is a and it wasn't until I'd had two or three dead calves in the row when I was like right this can't continue this this has got to be a disaster that it was starting to be like right let's get the vet in let's get it in early and I quickly saw the results of doing that yep, so you've, you've definitely seen benefits from having a sit down with Rona yes, earlier hugely. yep yeah yes without without a doubt and not just not just at calving. I mean, even going back, if we go, I don't even know how long ago it was, Rona, but if we go back two years, I had a phone you and I was like, no, I don't really, there's nothing particularly wrong with my cows, except I wasn't happy with them. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it can be that simple, but when you know them that well, you know, and it's better, and we had a chat, and I don't think we even did very much, but sometimes even just airing it, and you can come up with a list of problems between the two um, and actually work through them, because I don't ever think the vet is... Like we're never going to know the cows as well, so you have to kind of bounce bounce ideas off each other. And you know, you've been in farming your whole life; it's not as though you're kind of new to it. But it's just to get two different perspectives, I think. 
Yeah, and but even the fact you came, you looked at them, you saw them, you agreed, you could see, you could see what I was talking about. But there was nothing, and and I think that's that's one of the things the health plan gives people. It's like don't wait, don't wait till yeah. till the problem because we changed the diet was all we did then. We brought them in and um, and that would change the way we were feeding them. And I again. Through trying to do the right thing, I had cows out. It was very wet. I'd been feeding too high a protein cake, and they quickly, quickly stopped eating and stopped ruminating. But by being able to phone, speak to Rona, Rona coming to see them, uh, we didn't leave it. We didn't. But I think the results, if if we had left it, would have been pretty devastating for the cows. So, uh, Rona, could you outline the process of animal health planning from the, the point of view of the, the vet, please? Yeah, so, I mean, this year it's been a little different. Obviously, you haven't really been making unnecessary visits, but um, throughout COVID, we've been allowed to we've been allowed to perform things that are necessary for animal welfare. So, um, normally, you would go out to the farm. Um, a lot of vets will probably have a template. So I have like a template that I work off to do a health plan, but I think you're better just to chat, like almost not to not to have it too structured because I think sometimes you just, you chat to the farmer. I like to find out what their main aims are because like some people will, it'll be about selling pedigree heifers. So you want to focus on that or some it will be, you know, how can I kind of, how can I get beasts to store weight quicker or I had a bad calving last year can we chat about that so I think I think having a good relationship with the farmer is one of the kind of first things to start on and most farmers will have a vet like that they're that they would consider their vet you know they would phone them maybe directly or they would be their first protocol and that's usually the best bet to do your plan because you have a bit of chat with them you know they're more likely to tell you their problems and things like that um you would kind of go through um you would go through everything so i think you have to go through like biosecurity you would go through fertility from getting them in calved how many bulls you're going to use um how you're going to um where you're going to calve them are they going to get any vaccinations you want to go through all your kind of potential um potential problems so sometimes at the end you just like i like to have a wee chat about you know if you get this if you get a prolapse you know what do you normally do um, if you get this, what are you using? Because some farmers are still probably just, you know, using the same drugs that they did 20 years ago and um, things have maybe changed a little bit and it's good to just have have a chat about it. Um, and some people have much different problems. So there'll be some people that, you know, will probably never have seen a calf with scour. And it's good, I think, to remind them that just because they've never had it doesn't mean they never will. And kind of having a chat and saying, you know, um, do you vaccinate, you know, do you vaccinate for rotavirus, coronavirus, you know, do you vaccinate for scour? And they would say, oh, no, we never need to. And I think if you put those kind of things in a plan, then if they suddenly get it, it's not so shocking. You know, they've kind of had a little, you know, you've maybe chatted to them, you've kind of brought it to their attention. Um, so I, I think it should just be seen as a conversation. I think every vet will have, like, in their head what they need to go through. But from the farmer's point of view, having a chat about it and being open to suggestions I think you know you can't be too you can't be too precious about it and I'm totally willing to accept that far you know some farmers will know more about certain things than me as well so you know if they have things they've always done I think well that's great we'll put that in the plan that's the way it's done and yeah I think you just got to be will, willing to take opinion I think yeah so with regards to measuring if a plan has been successful, if your animal health plan has worked, do you talk to the, about that to the to the client, to the farmer, about target setting and kind of measuring improvements? I probably do more now than I used to. And I think that that's probably just the longer I've been working, the more that's, you know, kind of interested me. Because when you first start, I think I was probably the same as Janet in that, you know, like I graduated seven years ago and, I couldn't really be bothered doing a health plan. I was much more interested in having cows and doing all the exciting stuff. Um, but I think as you go on, like every farmer will have a different aim. So I probably would, I think, you know, you are supposed to have an annual review. I think having an annual review is probably the only time that you actually think, did it help? But you get little, almost little like snippets of, did it help along the way? Like 
if you've recommended a vaccine and you see the farmer at the end of the calving and he says, oh, that was great, you know, we didn't have any, or we only had a couple of cows with scour this year. Like that's such an easy example, but it, it's little things like that. So I don't know if I have ever sat and kind of worked out financially, but I can't see any way that having a really good health plan is going to be financially detrimental, I guess. I think that it can only help. Yep. And Janet, how did you find the process? I find the process actually very good. Um, from the start of drawing up the plan, and I, I quite like the idea of having plans because I always say, if you've got a plan, you know you're deviating from it. And, and that doesn't necessarily matter. But if you've no plan, then what are you doing? You're just kind of aimlessly working at random. Uh, and, that, and, that, and that's for many different things. But when you have an actual health plan written down, you, you've, a, you've a structure to follow. And it's okay if sometimes you veer off that because although there's always a preferred route, I mean, I, I, there's often things you think, right, this is, this is the correct way to do it. But for whatever reason today, that's not possible. So I'm going to have to do it slightly different. But No, I think, I, think I, know, I think I know what you mean. And that it's saying that you've accepted that you've got written down like your gold standard and the way that you'd like yeah. to. But yeah. a lot of times cattle or live animals, it's not always 100% practical. So no. <laughs> I, like, I, I, and as much as we don't want money to play a part, it sometimes does. I mean, I use the call calf colostrum uh, half the time. And half the time on calves that I think maybe don't quite need it so much, because I've got money's got to come from somewhere, then they'll get bog standard colostrum. Um, you, you know, so not so not every calf will get the same treatment. Uh, there will be a, get a bit of give and take in in it. Um, but I, I think from our approach, it, yeah, when you were talking about potential problems, we certainly look ahead far more. We're far, we organise ourselves far more in the things that we have to hand that can help, um, you, you, you know, and, and, and that starts, so even in, right, we're now in the run up to calving, but even before that, we started back there in November when we finished our TB test, we looked at the cows, we split the cows into heifers and first calvers, we split them into old cows and anything that would struggle and everything else that was okay got fired back out to the hill and the other ones were brought in already to care for them more, just to give them the wee bit extra. And that and that's part of making sure that come to calving, they've been looked at, they've been given that extra care. It won't be a shock when they come in off the hill in February and we're like, ooh, that cow's very lean, ooh, that cow's got a struggle. It, we've dealt with it before and that was kind of part of your plan in that we chatted about like body condition scoring which is not again it's not something we do we don't have a chart and we didn't say we're not going to say right Janet you stand there and body score the cows it's just something that you know you have to do regularly because if you put ones out on the hill that are too thin at a certain time of year they're not you know they're not going to make it or they're going to have no milk when it comes to calving so it's you know, even just something as simple as chatting about, you know, do your body condition score your cows? And most farmers are doing it by eye. They just don't know that that's what they're doing. <laughs> like, they just know they're looking for the fat ones and the thin ones. Um, yeah. Yeah. But he, he, so it, and it starts even in a very simple process, because long before the actual health, if, if the food and the nutrition is wrong, then health is going to deteriorate. And we're not like... I think we've been doing it for two or three years now with an absolute zero policy in cows having to push in for food. Um, we readjusted the way we fed everything um, and there is an oversupply of space, in, be that in feed trailers or in bale ring, in, in, ring, in ring feeders. There is, there is nobody is pushed out, nobody is bullied and anybody, any cow struggling is brought to a different group where more attention, like we don't, we'll start feeding cobs uh, just now, what are we, maybe five, six weeks off calving? Those, yeah, those, for the main hill group, but those, those two groups of older and younger cows, they started at the new year. Um, they've, been, they've been getting a wee bit extra for longer. 
And I think as well, like that was through because, you know, when you did sort of um, start looking after the Woodland Trust all those years ago, the cows had no milk. And it was like, right, how are we going to get them to have milk to feed the calves? Because, you know, the calves were, they were crap that were being reared because they were having such a bad start. So even now, it was so long ago that you kind of went through that and put it in your health plan that now it's just, well, it's just normal. It would shock you if a cow calved without milk because it's yeah. you know, been so long that you've kind of sort of managed things that way. So I think that's good because I think like that's become such a long term thing that you put you like you kind of chatted about you put into your health plan and now you do it without even thinking. Yeah, and we joined the beef efficiency scheme, and and I think I think what that did again was refocus. We follow every cow far more. We record more for every cow. And and, and that's and when I say record, that's not a labour intensive thing. That that's maybe me making more notes in my own head or in a wee book about everybody. Because one, uh, this was my this is my eighth year here. So is this was it my seventh year of selling the calves off? This year, in the back end in October, when we sold the calves, they were the heaviest that they've been that I've sold off of here. So we are seeing the benefits of of that health plan, of the improving situation that we've done. And and last year as well, we had, I don't know, over 20 cows calved for, we had 20 cows calved a month quicker than usual. Aye, they reduced their calving interval. That was... Which by is, a month, and, and that's a lot. That, but, but through nothing we'd done, we never put bulls out earlier. We, d- we didn't do anything. That was the cows doing it themselves because they were better prepared. Yeah, definitely. And again, that just feeds back to an easier life. Do you know what farmer doesn't want his cows just to like stop losing time? You know, you don't want to be calving all the way into July and August if you've got a spring calving. It's just mm-hmm. getting it over with, getting all your calves on the ground, and then you can make a good job of them. We had a more even batch of calves this year, and we, we the, so the scour wasn't as bad. We can see the results in the weights because that check, even though the calves might only have scour for three or four days, uh, or a, or a week at some point during calving, that that stays with them all summer. That check. Yeah, they don't they don't fully recover. You know, they lose so much brown fat when they have these periods of scour and then it takes them probably two or three weeks. So even if they're, you know, say they're the youngest ones that are a month behind the rest, they're suddenly two months behind the rest. And um, yeah, it's just it's just all these little things that kind of go together, isn't it? And every every farmer should be striving for a nice tight calving period because it just makes your life so much easier. I, I honestly cannot imagine how awful it must be to be calving for like six months a year. <laughs> it was, it's my idea of hell. <laughs> well, again, it's when mistakes happen. You can you uh, we can for twelve weeks, and even that's maybe too long. Some people would argue, but you, you definitely when you get to week fourteen and there's still two cows to calve, you've moved on. Uh, you, 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 you're ready to do something else. So, do you look at them as do, do, they don't they don't get as good an attention as the ones calving in weeks two and three? Yeah. And I think even just so many, from my experience, so many farmers are so used to calving for such a long period of time. It's just accepted. You know, they've just, they just think that that's all it'll ever be. And sometimes all it takes is for, you know, for me to say, look, actually a nine week, a nine week calving period is actually what you, like what you should be striving for. And even if God, even if you got it down by like two weeks, every two years, I'd be happy with that. Like just getting it, you know, just getting it below like 16 weeks. Because I honestly, a lot of farmers that we deal with are probably sitting at a 16 week calving period. Um, yeah. It causes a lot more issues than they realise, I think. I think as well, like there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of data out there actually about keeping these cows and the cost that you actually incur from kind of having them calve late. And that's the kind of thing that like if I was going to have a meeting with a farmer about a health plan and I knew they had a really long calving period, I would get like those figures ready so that when they said, you know, that you'd be like, well, actually, because I think with, I think you probably have to know the farmer that you're going to and you have to have put a little bit of thought into it before. I think that's where the best health plans come from because facts and figures are, are fantastic kind of incentives for farmers. Like look how much money you're wasting on this and how much more money you could make if, if that. So yeah, I know, and that's right. And and I saw it myself. Like I know myself when I came, 
and I started going through a hair that I'd kind of, and that was an eye opener. I hadn't had these, I hadn't born and bred all the cows that were here. I was satellited in and had the cows in front of me. So I, I almost had to, uh, I, I had a, I had a one, two, three, right? This is a problem. That's a problem. That's a problem. So I've a, a, I've a cow, I've calved her every single year. It's okay. Uh, but when you think of the time and energy and, and the cost of having to wait about for her calving, and, oh, she's got to calve, I need to be there. It, she's never calved successfully on her own. Um, but there's where reality plays in. Um, she's a perfectly good cow. She raises a good calf, other than the fact she needs calf. But there was other cows in the herd that needed put out before her. Um, she's away now, but that's taken me, that took me seven years Till she got, till she made it up the list to be like, right now you have to go. We can't keep you. You know all their names now. You can't bear to part with any of them. (laughs) And again, part of being, you know, part of being a hill farm and the fact that you do have so many cattle to look after is just that you don't want to be calving them. Yeah, absolutely. Because and the moment we have to start intervening, then that just that just puts the stress absolutely through the roof for them. Well, it, it, it's interesting, and while it wasn't health planning they were talking about, I went to a, a meeting last winter, I think it was, and shamefully I can't remember the the girl that was talking, but she was on, she was a vet, and um, they were looking at the use of the jack, the calving jack, and she said, "Don't use it, don't don't use it if you don't have to," and that kind of stayed with me. And this last calving, a. Uh, was the first, I mean, I would readily, if I couldn't calve something, I would readily readily uh, rope it up to the jack. But this last year, we went back to actually very rarely using it. And we pulled everything, anything that needed calved. Actually, we found we calved most of them without the jack. Yeah, I remember you saying that, actually. And I... Uh, I we just put that. a wee bit more effort in ourselves. And I don't know, does it, she said it would make a difference, and we went with it. And, yeah, I think... Uh, I think it was better. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a you're talking about the kind of stress that the animal feels, but another benefit of animal health planning, of course, is healthier stock means happier farmers. So <laughs> have, you, have you have you have you felt happier, less stressed since you took a more proactive approach to health planning? Definitely, it was without a doubt. I mean, I think. Um, when you were just turning up at problems as 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 they arose with no plan or no or or or, or just being faced with it that day, that's incredibly stressful. Uh, and I think there's a huge difference in organising yourself. Think about the things you need beforehand and gather bits and pieces together. And then it's not a shock. It's not a shock when something happens. You're just like, okay, that's happened. Uh, I've, I've readily got a plan to deal with it, um, and and you can. Um, so d- definitely. So, was there any other challenges you both faced as a well, Janet as a farmer and Rona as a vet when you were creating the the health plan? Um, I I sometimes think, and and again time spent in 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 sitting at the table doing office work you sometimes you, you almost kind of think oh that's a waste of time I've got I've, the pressure of outside work of actually going to feed the animals or, or doing whatever it is you're doing it, it can be difficult to step back from that and and, and make the time um but I have found actually it, it keeping your records in order keeping things like the health plan up to date, taking that time to forward plan and make sure your medicine cupboard is stocked with basic things that you need, then th- there is a big benefit in in, in, in organising yourself that way. I, I found anyway. Oh, definitely. I think, I mean, I feel probably the same. I think a lot of vets probably feel the same as you, Janet, in that, you know sat at a table you don't really feel like you're being a vet you know you're like oh I should be out you know wrestling cows and scanning cows and things but Mm -hmm. a lot of the actual important stuff is is done over a cup of tea I think Mm -hmm. (laughs) do you know two cups of tea three pieces of cake everyone's happy (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, but I sometimes think there's a, a rush on life who's like, oh, yeah, you've got to keep going, keep going, keep going. But in actual fact, yeah, in in having the, just a discussion, mm-hmm. there's a huge benefit to that, huge. I do think as well, even even if you didn't take anything else from it, like keeping like lines of communication open with the vet and the farmer, I think that's hugely beneficial because I think so many, we talk about sheep farming, we talk about like firefighting medicine, And that was all we ever did. And it's like what you were saying about, you know, when you were growing up, it was like, you know, don't phone the vet unless you're totally beat and you can't lamb this yow. And that was all that vets ever went to. And now it's like, by speaking to your vet, you can, you can actually get so much more out of like, you know, the pair of you, you can get so much from each other by just Mm -hmm. having a bit of good banter. We chat about things. It doesn't always, doesn't always have to be doom and gloom. I think the the best things are done when you're sat sort of chatting about things. And often, you know, I'll go and, you, you know, when you're kind of stood at the end of a job and you're stood by the car and you think, actually, you should just go inside. If you're having a problem, you should just go have a wee chat about it. Because what I'd like to happen, I think, for health plans, like, in the future, and I, I don't do it yet because I still struggle with kind of finding the time, but your health plan probably shouldn't be the kind of thing you just sit down once a year and do. It probably should be that, you sit down, you do it, and then say six weeks later, the farmer phones you up and said, oh, I'm having a bit of bother with this. You decide what you're going to do, you update the health plan, and then you move from there. I think it should be constantly changing because farming, you know, and the way you do things is always changing, or maybe the products you're using, or even just, you know, when you're expected to calve, like it should probably be more of a, a fluid thing. But I think that's going to take a bit of time before both vets and farmers get to that point. But that's what I would really like to see um, when doing a health plan. Yeah, I, I think so. And I I now think uh, we're living, of course, in an age where everything is at the press of a button. You can find anything on Google you can, with, with huge access to information and communication channels. Uh, so to take nothing away from people that came before us, it, t- 20 years ago here at Glenfinglas, you wouldn't have called the vet. There's no phone signal up the top. <laughs> uh, you, you know, you, you just couldn't have. But, but, but now you can. Your phone, you don't have to go back to the house. Your phone's in your pocket. Yeah. Y- y- you know, and, and I would be more comfortable now. Like I could give Rona a quick ring. Oh, this has happened. That's not happened, but this might happen. And just... She doesn't need to come out and see. You don't always maybe need your vet to come, but just going, I do this, do this, try that, might be enough to 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 avert a problem. And again, that is sort of like health planning, isn't it? It's the kind of yeah. thing, every phone call is part of your health plan because you're either saying there's a problem or you know I think that it's really nice to have that constant sort of communication between vet and farmer and I think it's a shame when people don't kind of don't use that I think it's much better to to always keep us updated because it's not you know I know that sometimes we're busy and in the spring it's sort of every man for himself <laughs> but you definitely out there yeah and I think that's the thing I mean I know I can phone you I can leave a message I know fine if if I don't hear back you, you you'll be as busy as I am but I'll, I'll still have I'll, I'll still have made contact and and floated the issue and, and uh, you you might be thinking about it while doing something else, and we will ev- eventually catch up with one another on what it is. But I think so. Communication absolutely key, uh, but it's hugely beneficial. Um, and it's definitely it's beneficial if you want it to be as well. I think like if if you're not bothered about a health plan, then it, it does just become a document that sits in a drawer. Yeah if you want it to be useful it absolutely will be but there has to be that from from both like you know the farmer and the vet i think yeah yeah i mean your health plan won't be beneficial if you do a health plan sit it in the drawer or leave it on your computer and don't think about it that won't help you one little bit You've, you've got to take your health plan and drive it forward and and use it um, in in a direction you want to go, and e- e- even if you veer off whatever direction it's in, that I don't think that matters as long as it's in your head that you're trying to improve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what what barriers do you think there is there that are kind of it's making it harder for farmers to make full use of animal health planning? Time, I think probably. I think time. You know, farmers are busy. 
I think like what we were saying, it's just, you know, they think I could be out, you know, I've got cat you know, I've got calves, I need a dose. I better do that rather than sit in. So I think it definitely is a, a time yeah. thing. But a, a perceived cost and time, maybe? Yes, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um and maybe when you think about a health plan, what you've got to put in it, there's a kind of, what will I put in it? Um, you, you just got to drive down to the basics. It, 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 there's nothing fancy. There's nothing fancy. We're not talking about some far-flung disease that you're not likely to see. You're talking about day-to-day things, simple things on your farm that you should be looking to improve. Do you know what I hear all the time is a farmer will bring in a plan and he says, can you just, he says, oh, can, can you sign this? Nothing's changed. I'm like, in 10 years? Because <laughs> <laughs> something should have. <laughs> no, I'm like, something must have changed here, Jimmy. <laughs> Even if it's just like how many cows you've got, there must be more than there was 10 years ago. So I think that's it. I think farmers are just like, well, I haven't changed anything. So I shouldn't. But it's like, well, maybe you could change little things. Nothing drastic. You know, I'm not saying you need to switch to a dairy or anything crazy, but just let's you know let's chat about how we could maybe you know you could reduce the cost here or you could use this it's I think it's interesting but yeah I think there's definitely like a I've not changed anything my father did it this way I'll just I'll just do it that way so yeah a bit of that as well yeah the, uh, the kind of this is the way it's always been done attitude yeah. holding yeah, people exactly. back a bit I, I think that's true there is a lot of that but but there is merit in how things have been oh yeah Some, sometimes when you change something you're like all right okay that's not that's maybe not necessarily a better I'll revert back to how we did it because because it, it's a tried and tested way so but but don't just sit with things uh, because that's how they've always been done you've got to question yourself and really say am I, am I doing the best is is there an alternative way and what makes that better than what I'm currently doing, and and if it, if if the scales tip in the balance of trying a wee change, then try it. I mean, veterinary uh, is the same. Do you know we're not we're not practicing veterinary medicine the way we did 15 years ago. Do you know things like things move on, and there's times when a farmer says to me, you know, that that's you know that's not how it was done 20 years ago, and I'm like, well, it's done better now, but there'll be things that we do exactly the same as we did 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just um. It's just making sure that I suppose you're having the conversation about why do you do it this way? Oh, it is working. Great. Carry on that way then. Do you know what? Like a health plan doesn't have to be changing the entire farm. And I don't, I hope that farmers don't think that we're just going in to say, well, you're doing this rubbish. Let's, you know, let's make it all different. You know, that's not what it's about. No. No. One of the, I think when I came here as well, one of the first, we we calve now in different fields from what from what originally. But that's down to personal preference. Don't be frightened to think about what what suits you. But before it suits me, it's got to suit the cow. You know, yeah. a, 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 and to make things better, it's not it's not just about. I mean, it's got to suit the people as well, a, a, absolutely. But first and foremost, it's the cow or the sheep, but it, it, it's the cow that's got to live in those conditions, got to perform, perform in those conditions. I can put a jacket on, I'm coming back to the house at night, it doesn't, it doesn't affect me quite so much. So we've got to always keep in our mind, we're starting with what's best for them. And I think that um, health plans probably used to be one size fits all, Do you know, like I've seen loads of A4 pieces of paper that just have like tick boxes and things like that. And, I mean, it was pretty useless because as you're saying, like it's got to be right for the cow and what's right for a hill ling is not going to be right for like a, you know, pedigree limmy in a pen. Like it, you know, you've got to make it personal and it's got to be about the cattle or the sheep that you've got because there is no point in just, you know, throwing these things around. Breeds are so different and the way we keep cattle and no two farms are the same. It's absolutely, trust me, it's hard getting to know them all. I'll bet, I'll bet, and you, you, I I mean, I take my hat off to you because, to be honest, all I've got to contend with is my problems here, (laughs) Uh, whereas you've got a satellite in and out all day, everybody going, oh, this isn't, this isn't happening, this isn't, this isn't good, so I think it's important to remember to phone your vet as well and go, oh, I've had a success today, I did did, did what you said and it's actually worked, (laughs) it's important to look and go, actually, that works, we could do more of that, How, how do we get to that, that's just worked by itself, uh, how look back and see yeah. how that managed to work um 
because it's it's doing it itself. So that's what we want to replicate in in other groups. Mm -hmm. So we've we've touched on some benefits throughout our our talk. Uh, Janet, would you be able to sum up some of the benefits you've seen from the animal health planning so far? I think the the best benefit is we've got healthier cows. Um, we're, We're more focused. We've got a definite plan in how organized we need to be and what it is we're trying to achieve and, and how we record that. Um, so, so and, and, and remembering that that starts, it, it, it's, not just a, it's not just a one-off visit to a health plan. That is carried with us day to day with whatever livestock we're working with, that we're paying appropriate attention to everything that matters and, and not just not just letting things slide if there's something it needs dealt with or if you see a little inkling of a problem you assess it and think do i need to do more do i need to return and and do something else or share that information and and get a second opinion um so i I think it's become i think i've come from that tick box exercise of simply going to the vets when he used to make two or three days of appointments and do everyone's health plans for for the the subsidy claims we've come so far from then those days to where we are now um that it's something that we consider almost daily uh, and keep it in the in the forefront of our minds of what we're trying to achieve. Yep, yep. Rona, is there any other benefits of animal health planning that we've not mentioned so far? I think we've probably probably covered it all. I think yeah, the main point to me would just be that um, it's that kind of is it an old phrase or an old you know like where it's like prepare fail fail, fail to prepare prepare to fail like that sort of. If you know if you know what what can go wrong, it's not quite as horrific if it does, and you get the vet involved. I think there's a an element of support there as well. Yeah. You know, farming can be quite lonely, um, and I think by doing a health plan, your vet is saying to you, it's almost like saying, "Look, this happens to loads of farmers. Do you know you've had this problem? I've dealt with it with other farms. Let's chat about how we can." So I like to think that there's a bit of um, Kind of emotional support to do with a health plan and just a, a little bit of knowledge exchange between you know vet and farmer so i really like that aspect of it and i think that um yeah, yeah that, i do as well yeah it's probably not you know a very scientific way to put it but i think it's just that sort of problem shared sometimes just makes you feel better as well mm-hmm. so we're going to move on now we're going to do the myself and rona we're going to go through the five w's and one h of health planning so this is why, what, where, when, who, and how. So we're going to do this in a quick fire format, Rona. So why do you have my health planning? Well, first of all, it's now legal, so you have to do one. <laughs> so you have to. <laughs> you have to do one, but also it's just the smart thing to do. It's just smart plan, plan for everything. That's why I say. Mm-hmm. So what does it involve? Um, so it would involve a sit down or a chat with your usually just your vet um, if you have any stockmen I suppose helping you you probably want them involved um, you would sit down you would chat about how your farm runs day-to-day activities um, you would talk about potential diseases how to prevent diseases um, vaccine use par- um, like parasite control use um, you would sit and potentially come up with some aims for the farm as well. You know, if you've um, if there's certain industry targets that yeah. you want to hit, some, uh, some, some target setting if you want to yeah. Yeah. get a certain scan percentage or getting weaning percentage that kind of thing. So, where well, would you do the animal health plan? I think it's best on farm. I think I on think to yep. show a bit of interest as well. Go around, walk around the cattle, actually see the cattle that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And when do you think is the best time to do it? Whenever the farmer is quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever they're not crazy busy. Don't bother trying to do a health plan in the spring. Do it in the end of summer or something. Just at some point when they've got a couple of hours that they're not going to be champing at the bit to get away from you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we touched on who's involved in a little bit 
as you said, the farmer, perhaps yeah. a stocks person, local local vets. Yeah. And I'd also like to add your local consultant yeah. as well. It doesn't have to be, but if you're if you're wanting to, if they've been involved in some kind of planning activity with you for improving stock performance, it could be useful to have them sitting in on it as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And how do you know if the plan is successful? Um, I think if you set targets, you should be reviewing them annually at the least. You know, you might even want to kind of go for every six months. If you've set specific targets that you want to hit, you should probably be looking at them every six months. Um, Mm -hmm. In general, I think just keep up to date with the farmer. Do you know if you've done a health plan? um, If you see their name, I I usually think if you see their name in the diary, then give them a wee phone and just see how they're getting on with such and such. But in terms of the farmer, never be afraid to get in touch with the vet, I think. You know, we like to hear that things have gone right and if they've gone wrong we don't like it but we'd rather fix it so mm-hmm. yeah so if you've if you've done a health plan and you've you've set a target say you want to have a a weeded percentage for your sheep at 150 percent but you've you fell a little short of that yeah but it's not it's not necessarily the fact the plan's failed it's not you're not a failure it's not all going wrong it's just another opportunity to identify what's went wrong correct them and hopefully do better again the next year yeah yeah, definitely. So, Janet, what advice would you have to anyone considering creating a health plan? I would say definitely do it, um, but be realistic and don't don't overload yourself uh, with every disease or every problem you can think of. Pick, pick, pick your worst. <laughs> pick, pick your what pains you most so be realistic in in what you set out to achieve initially because you can add you can change in in coming years but but be realistic and Mm. and be honest about your own capabilities um don't blindly think uh, you're best at doing everything um one of my biggest things is i quickly if I can't have a cow, I'll phone Rona. I'll phone any vet. <laughs> um, but make that decision early. Uh, don't mess about. Uh, and I think you use your vet to your best advantage. Um, aye, phone before. Phone before there is. Phone before there is a crisis. Phone at the very start of a problem, even showing its little head, uh, to to discuss what 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 could happen. What what you need to do. Don't. Don't wait till something's lying off its feet or lying upside down. Or so be realistic. Be honest about your own capabilities and use use your vet. Get make a working relationship with your vet, um, because that's only going to benefit you. Yep. And Rona, same question to you. What advice would you have to anyone considering an animal health plan? I think just try not to see it as uh, something that's forced on you. I think that I know that it's a legal requirement and it's that kind of thing. Farmers know they should have one, but just try and see it as an opportunity to actually get a little bit of a, a little bit of advice, have a chat with somebody about what you could do um, and just see it as a way to help you improve what you've already got. You know, it doesn't have to be this horrific hour that you spend with the vet once a year. Do you know, it can actually be really beneficial Um and I think if you start seeing it that way, then that's what it becomes. Whereas if you have a really negative kind of view of a health plan, then you probably won't get a lot out of it. It's a lot about how you decide to to kind of use the advice and, and use a health plan, I think. Mm-hmm. So, Janet and Rona, if you could give our listeners one piece of information to take away from this podcast, if they're for to get everything else if, uh, we've said, what would it be and why? I would say be open to learning every day. Uh, spend time with your animals and know them uh, and and do the health plan because it's changed it's changed massively, I think, my working environment for the better. Yeah, I guess maybe the, the kind of like the working relationship and the communication because, yeah, I think that kind of vet farmer communication, if it's if it's used properly, it can be so beneficial for both parties. So I think if nothing else, then I would, yeah, I would like people to think about that a bit. Yeah, I don't think, like I never 
we thought I, I never thought much of chatting to farmers on the phone and that I never thought it was a big thing and then see the longer you go along and the more you speak to the same people you realize you're advising them every time you speak to them do you know you're constantly with that give and take of like exchange of information and that is it's not a written health plan but it's all there and when it comes to sitting down and doing the health plan you remember these conversations that you've had and I think it's just it's that constant sort of back and forth over the year and then you sit down and you put it all together and you both think oh yeah look we're not total idiots we've, <laughs> we've actually improved over the year <laughs> Yeah, and another another benefit of that relationship with your with your local vet would be they're say, they're they're seeing I don't know how many clients you manage, Rona, but you could be seeing you could be seeing hundreds of clients each years each year, and as well as learning lessons on your farm, that vet's learning lessons on other farms, and they can bring those lessons and those kind of those lessons learned to your farm and let you learn them without necessarily the kind of bad experience that would go along with learning a lesson to do with animal health the hard way. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's a variety of farms as well. So you see how things are done elsewhere. And I, th- I think it's a huge benefit. I, I do really enjoy seeing lots of different ones. And um, yeah, you kind of just tie it all together. And what works for one person won't work for another. That's why your health plan has to be totally individual for the, that farmer. Yeah. I, and I think as well, we no longer see if we have to call the vet, that's not a disaster. That, that's, not, that's not the end of the road for us. Um, we've, we've a healthy respect and look forward to learning every time one sets foot on the place. And the sooner you call, the easier that problem will be dealt with. And I've seen, I've seen, I've seen that. We, we have more live calves with, with better cows as a result. Well, thank you very much, Janet and Rona, for joining me today. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Farm Advisory Service Podcast. If you have any questions regarding animal health planning or anything else you have heard today, you can have a look at the Animal Health is Wealth webinar on the Farm Advisory Service website, which is available at www.fas.scot. Alternatively, you can contact us at zero. 0- 300-323-0161 or email the helpline at advice at faz.scot.